0: Are you sure this is going to work? I don't know. I've never done this before. I mean, come on, make me a little more okay with this. Either you're in or you're out. We got to do this. Okay. Hey, this is Michelle Spiver, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So stick with me. Join me on the flip as we delve into Navigating Uncertainty. I'll see you on the flip. Hey, and thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you. And so let's get into it. We're going to be talking about navigating uncertainty. And I have actually been meaning to do this podcast for a while, but I was like, okay, now is a really good time to talk about this. And what we're going to be doing today, the scope of what we're looking at is we're going to look at some effects, some psychological effects that tend to happen, especially in heightened times of uh, fear, uncertainty, and uh, things that are out of our control. And I'm going to be covering um, a few of them that you may or may not have heard of. But trust me, it's it's nothing far-fetched. And then we'll be doing some practical things and hopefully, you know, leaving you better than we found you. So let's get into it. And what I want to say is this, and that is that when... You have situations where there is a possibility for mass hysteria. Uh, There are already signs of uh, mass panic and people start to shift into uh, fear-based mechanisms. It makes it hard to break away and to rise above or separate yourself from the zeitgeist of emotions. And so it's okay if you are feeling the apprehension, if you're feeling the stress and the panic and all of that. Uh, Everyone um, is entitled to their emotions. And I want to remind you that emotions are highly contagious. And it is up to us to be the people who are establishing our own emotions as much as possible, and hopefully if we are doing it right and they are stable and good, they will become the contagion that people need to return to a baseline of understanding. All right, so now that I've gotten that out the way, thank you so much. Let's get into this. And so one of the first things I want to say about um, times of turmoil and uncertainty is that it gets to the point where priority and being able to prioritize becomes very valuable um, traits that you can have. And so the first thing I want to say is this, is that being able to change your um, perception of what is a priority Uh, and what is a necessity and what is something that's nice to have is going to go very far. And the reason why I say that is because if you are listening to this around the time of its recording, there are many people that are are realizing that, oh, we need to go get supplies that are going to last longer than normal and that we need to take precautions for the long haul. And it's not comical at all, but it is interesting in some of the things that people are choosing to prioritize instead of things that you would think they would prioritize. And so there is this... um, the sorting process that I I try to go through. I'm not that good at it, but I try to go through it. That I'm going to share with you guys. When I'm stymied, when I am turning around and trying to get my bearings on uh, what I need and what I don't need, aka when I have to pack for a trip. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. That's what it. That's when it normally happens. <laughs> what I like to do is I like to make two different piles and. Uh, And then eventually a third pile uh, arises out of these. And in my piles, what I have is I have what I deem as mandatory. And then I have another pile that I deem as nice to have. And the third pile comes from seeing if after I have packed my uh, travel cubes to go into my suitcase. If I have more room, because y'all, I am an Olympic packer. Um, I aggressively pack. I'll just go on and say it. If I have more room, that compulsion in me to fill a ball space, I will start, you know, pulling from the nice to haves. And that's where that third pile comes from, where I have my mandatory and my, the few nice to haves, the just in cases, the insurance policy items I like to take with me on a trip and I wish I could tell you it's easy. It's still not because inevitably there have still been times when I love something and I always say to myself, Michelle, why don't you have a manifest, you know, a list of items that you know you need to pack each time you travel. You travel too much to go through this unnecessary uh, anxiety and anxiety. it, it, rigmarole. You just, just and I get to the point where I do it at the last minute. I add additional stressors because I've been avoiding it and dreading it. And it, ugh. but I inevitably do get to the point where I am able to streamline and sharpen my sense of what is priority, what is mandatory, and what is nice to have. And so when we try to navigate uncertainty, we would do well to go back to the foundations. That's the first thing that we need to do, but it usually gets muddled some kind of way in our minds with all the stuff we have going on. And going back to the basics is a simple answer, but it is definitely not simple in execution. So let's talk about this. Prioritizing to understand what is mandatory for you, especially when you have not only your own issues, fears, and and particular situations to deal with, but you're getting a constant stream of information via your phone, your television, your laptops, uh, your people, social media, and it's all coming in to make you feel like. I need to be on this. I, I, I need to keep up with everything. And when you get a constant diet of stressors and of panic and pandemonium, it dulls your ability, our ability. Let's own this. It dulls our ability to do this very thing, return to basics to figure out what is priority and what isn't. Um, I was listening to an interview that Ice Cube gave recently uh, when asked about uh, his starting the Big Three Basketball League and how did he go about it? You know, what did he do to get prepared? And it was interesting that he said something that was very simple, but very profound. I'm going to paraphrase it. And he said this, he said, when you don't know what to do, find out what not to do first and you'll be halfway to your goal. And I was like, it's so simple, but it's true. And so with considering navigating these uncertain times, I was reminiscent on some of the tips and tricks of the trade of uh, therapy, where I was taught and practiced that a lot of times when people are in stress, panic, anxiety, and the like, it is easier for them to associate with the negative, with the pain, and with avoidance than it is for them to associate with pleasure and with how um, to decide what they actually want. And so I remembered that when I heard Ice Cube say what he said, that I would give people assignments to journal, or even do the do the exercises with them in our in our sessions, and just getting them to tell me or themselves what they don't want, what they no longer will put up with, what they no longer want to see. It it was like priming a pump, and then the ocean would come out, and they were able to, with great certainty, say what they didn't want, and now framing that uh, by even listening to what Ice Cube said with this huge thing that he has done to create another um, uh, athletic league. uh, And by him just saying, you know, when you figure out what not to do, what you don't want, you're halfway there. It took on a whole new understanding of how we can really navigate uncertainty. So the first thing I want to say about this quest to navigate through murky times where we don't know what's happening is to prioritize, meaning, understand what is mandatory, what you cannot live without, and then understand what is nice to have. Now, one of the things to help you and me to do this, because... If you are used to having certain things all the time, they may not be mandatory, but they may feel like they're mandatory. So what I'm going to ask you to do is like Ice Cube said, and like I remember as a therapeutic model, figure out what you don't want or figure out what you don't know or figure out um, what you are not certain that you can get. Meaning that, If you are not certain if you're going to be um, um, self-contained, quarantined, sequestered, whatever you want to call it, if you're going to be sequestered for for, for a long time and you have something that requires that it be refilled or it be um, updated or whatever for a shorter amount of time, and it is something that you can do without, then that's not mandatory. It's a nice to have. And I say this, I hope you can hear it in my voice. And I'm like, ouch, because there are many things that I've been going through, like, oh my gosh, I really want to, you know, make sure I have that. But instead of allocating resources and space to store that, that is not, you know, something that's mandatory. And instead getting other things, it it, it has, trust me, has been an exercise in humility and a new self-awareness of all the foolishness that I can get into in doing this exercise, because I'm not going to ask you guys to do it without having done it myself. So changing your priorities to understand what truly is mandatory and what is nice to have by simply going through these exercises of figuring out what is it that you don't want, what is it um, that you don't know that you'll be able to support. And that should get you at least halfway there. All right. So the next one is when you're trying to navigate this uh, uncertainty is to be aware of the spread of misinformation. Oh, yes. Now, here comes some of those psychological effects I told you we were going to be talking about. The first one is the illusory truth effect, illusory truth effect, I-L-L-U-S-O-R-Y, illusory, like an illusion. And what this effect is, a fancy way of saying that if you hear something enough times you will believe it. It's all about the repetition. It is the basis for how any type of advertising works. Not that they're lying to you, but if someone every uh, seven minutes, you get a message that this particular laundry detergent is the only way that you will get Uh, all of the stains out of your clothes, even if you're not thinking about laundry detergent. But if you're getting that programming every day for at least a span of four hours as you watch TV after work or whatever, when it comes time to go and get laundry detergent and you see that brand on the shelf in front of you, guess what's going to happen? Yep. You're going to be like, Okay, this is the one we get because this is the illusory truth effect working. The the proper way of saying this is that the illusory truth effect is the tendency to believe false information to be correct after it's repeated over and over again, after you have repeated exposure to it. It was... um, First identified back in 1977 um, when a a study was done at Villanova and Temple University. And they started to notice that even if there was opposing evidence, people tended to still hang on to to the belief that something was true because it had been repeated so much. And they even said, well, it can't be a lie. Everybody knows that. Everybody has heard that. And so the spread of misinformation is something that we all have to be leery of. The the situation that we live in right now is that we have what the old folks in the Bible used to call itching ears. We all get that spark of excitement when we have titillating and uh, sensational Stories and headlines and half truths that come to us. There have been um, over the last week or so, there have been so many stories, so much misinformation that has been put out about possible cures and falsehoods for the viruses. The virus that is wreaking havoc, and as fast as they're coming out, there are some. Um, public announcements that are trying to debunk and uh, help people to, to know this is a myth. Do not believe this. And I'm finding myself having to go and check and read these MythBuster um, situations. Everything from how if our pets can get it to holding your breath to using a, are you ready for this one? You blowing hot air from a hairdryer up your nostrils to <laughs> Oh, manner of foolishness. But this is part of what happens when we're in uncertain times. And that goes into understanding that when there is a void, we are hardwired. To fill that void. And a lot of times that void will be filled with our parables, narratives, and stories we tell ourselves. Um, A couple of uh, podcasts ago, I talked about the stories we tell ourselves and how we can have, if we are not aware of it, we can fall into narrative decline by telling ourselves a story of doom and gloom. And that brings me to that one, narrative decline. When you are in uncertainty, be mindful of the stories you tell yourself. Be mindful of the scripts that run through your mind. Be mindful. Um, I am um, going to be... Working with some other um, solopreneurs and online business owners uh, in the coming days to help support that community, so that we will understand that yes, times are times are 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 weird, but that does not mean that calamity is necessarily going to come. Um, I was debating on, and you know, if you're listening to this and you want me to do this podcast, I'll probably do it. Uh, But I never want to talk more so to the business owners than I do to just your heart, beloved, because this is not about business advice. This is truly about individual wisdom and mental strengthening. That really is this podcast. But I am Seriously, thinking about talking about how to engage in your side hustles if being um, unable to work in your normal way is something that's affecting you, as it is a lot of us, and having and you know, and how to switch those gears and how to home in on what it is that you can do alternatively. But that's not this podcast. Let me get back to this one. So in our navigating uncertainty, when we are dealing with changing our priorities, when we're dealing with being aware of the spread of misinformation and how the illusory truth effect, um, we are prone to it and that we need to get to the point where we get in the habit of checking uh, many different sources, of checking to make sure that we are not believing a hoax, we're not believing sensationally tantalizing lies, and also being aware of the narratives that we tell ourselves. That is going to help give us a north star, give us a Polaris, a point that we'll be able to reach for and find our our true north and navigate the tumultuous seas in the dark, if you will, and understanding that one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is to monitor with a strict hand all of the stories you tell yourself. And it's okay if you catch yourself telling yourself or allowing your mind to run crazy with stuff. Uh, But once you know better, do better. So with the narrative decline. Be aware of stories that cause you to have a bad outcome uh, that have to deal with fear, have to deal with uh, scarcity, with um, calamities and with loss. Uh, All of those are not in your best interest. They compound an already stressful time and they plunge you all of us, they plunge us into possible shock scenarios that are not good. So please, if nothing else, monitor what you're thinking. Stinking thinking is going uh, to, to get you in trouble if you don't catch it. So you have to be hyper vigilant about that. And so here's the next one. It's another effect, another psychological effect. So we've already talked about the illusory truth effect where we tend to um, believe false information if it's uh, to be correct, if it's repeated enough. The context effect is even more insidious because what it is, is it is someone knowingly tilting your perception of how you take in data based on the influence of surrounding objects, events, or information. Meaning that if you ever take this, if you ever like look at a horror film and you turn the sound off, especially the musical score, and you just look at the screen, it's not, it's nearly as scary and sometimes when the, you know, the, you know, when that happens, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you might find yourself saying, okay, this is not what I thought. That is an example of the context effect. Or what about this? What about if, and I know I'm using movies, but this is to me a graphical way, a visually graphical way of you getting what context, how powerful context effect is. So what if. You take someone having an accident, and you just look at it the regular way. You'll find yourself, you know, going, you know, and intakes of sharp breath, and and feeling empathy for this person when they crash or fall or something bad happens. But if you take that same video and put uh, either funny music under it or a laugh track you will then turn it into comedy, slapstick, you know, physical comedy. And you will laugh when someone uh, falls over the handlebars of their uh, bicycle going 30 miles an hour. And so the context effect is very important. And it causes us to have be skewed in how we perceive things. So If you find that everything is doom and gloom, consider looking at the information that you're taking in by stripping out all of that background environmental chatter. Or, better yet, looking at the word choices that the people reporting on things are using. Two people can report on the same thing, and you will feel di- diametrically different by listening to both of them based on word choices i've talked about tone and mood in a previous podcast and just remember tone is what the author uses by word choice, pacing, uh, or by setting uh, an environment, a picture of an environment up to do the very thing that we just talked about with the illusory truth effect and the context effect to enhance, uh, excuse me, to influence your mood. And so when you're looking at things that you're taking in, bear in mind where it originated from, what is the agenda, who is talking about it, and how is it suppo- how did they mean for it to be taken? This is all going back to the context effect. If you are listening to something and you know that it has a political bent to it or it has an agenda attached to it to elicit certain responses out of you, maybe you go and you take it out of that context and look at it from a different view i'm saying maybe but i'm i'm hoping that you strongly get to that point where you understand that that's probably going to be a good thing for you to do because doing that is going to help you to be able to reconstruct your perception and filter it through the way you want to receive it and give you an opportunity to be more objective and be able to process what you what you take in because I will tell you now it is way easier for um Major things to happen when Joe Q Public is in hus- an, an uh, a uproar and, and they're concerned about the boogeyman. And so you never want to be left to the whims of your emotions. As I've said before, we must pay attention to our emotions. They are there to give us insight and even wisdom. They are like the, um, road signs of your life, but they are—they were never meant to be the decision makers of your life. They can inform you and help you and give you great insight, but they are not there to be running the show and be the major decision maker of your life. And so be aware of this because when you are when it's when it's time to navigate through these uncertain times you have to get to the point or you should or I implore you to get to the point where you can have enough faith in yourself that you're not going to be waylaid by hysteria. You're not going to act out of knee-jerk reactions of fear, of um of, of lack of confidence or, or any of those negative things that will cause you to do things that are not good for you. But instead, you'll be able to say, I know I don't know, like we talked about on the uh, A part, I know I don't know where I'm possibly going, but I have enough confidence in myself to be able to take the initiative to do it. And so, in the last few minutes that I have with you today, when we're talking about navigating uncertainty, This is what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that there is somewhere in your life where something happened at a time in your life and you did something that worked out really well. You were a wise person. You had sight beyond sight or something, or maybe it was your gut, or maybe you just took a chance on yourself and it worked out. If you can think of a time that comes up, and you only need one, Think of a time that happened in your life like that. Right now, grab onto that and then strip away what actually happened and only hold on to the attributes of that you, that you did, that strong, wise, determined, focused you who pulled it off. And then that is the you that I want you to trust, to guide you and lead you because that strong, wise you, is you. And it's not a one off. It's it's not a I hope, you know, you're still there. That was you from the beginning and it'll be you in the now and you can channel get to and follow that part of you that has the best chance of navigating you through these times of uncertainty. I and when I when I tell you It will work. You're going to start. Now, this is how you know when you're really starting to channel that wise you. You'll start to see things at a different angle things will make so much sense to you and you'll be like how did i not see this before um new opportunities will unveil themselves and they won't be intimidating and you'll be like it's a shame how did i ever not see that this is what i should be doing or this is where my focus should be and you'll you'll start to see that there is so much waiting for you to be able to navigate yourself back in to the the time and the area and the space and the opportunities that are going to keep you and hold you through these times that if you let them, they will destroy you. So I kind of want to just remind you of this as my time is really up, that if you believe it and you expect it, things usually turn out All right, they turn out for your good. Hold on to that. Summon that part of you that did something great in the past and partner with that version of you to make it through now. So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes, like, share, comment, send me a message if there's something you'd like for me to talk about. Uh, All that's in the show notes. And because this is a daily podcast, guess what, y'all? I am going to see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye.